we're going to look at the fourth verse of Psalm 130. Why don't we just read the, the uh, entirety of the psalm to put it into some context. Um, psalm 130. Um, this is a song of ascents. So this is... Uh, we don't have an author. This is a person who is uh, going up uh, to the, uh, the temple, uh, but in spiritual distress... Uh, and uh, so let's begin with first one. Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word, I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. I wanted to look at the fourth verse. But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. And the first thing that we note uh, in this uh, situation with regards to forgiveness is the need uh, for real uh, forgiveness. Uh, Sin is not merely a, uh, an offense against God and His holiness uh, and His righteousness, uh, but it, it, it alienates us from God uh, and it causes, uh, for the one uh, who knows God, it causes misery. And we see the, the misery here out of the depths uh, there, there are uh, there are real depths that uh, the uh, the believer's soul is cast into, uh, knowing uh, its its own sin uh, and its uh, it, the the power uh, of sin uh, over it at certain points, and so there is a uh, there is a, a barrier. Uh, that is at times uh, cast up because of sin. We see uh, Peter uh, having uh, totally denied the Lord Jesus uh, the night that he, he was uh, in trial. Uh, he says, I don't know him, and he swears. Uh, then uh, the Lord Jesus looks at him, and the cock crows, and he goes out, and he weeps bitterly. There is a, uh, there is a barrier, there is a misery there. You can't take back uh, that uh, which has been uh, performed. That, that alienation, that uh, barrier uh, is a real thing. And certainly that's where the psalmist was at that point. That's where the believer gets if he truly knows God. It's not like we can just kind of uh, 
you know, repeat the three Hail Marys and, and go on. Uh, there is uh, a, a knowledge then of that, uh, uh, that, that uh, real grip of sin at that point. Uh, uh, we hear the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, O wretched man that I am, uh, who will deliver me uh, from the body of this death? And there's no one who, uh, who is not there. Uh, we, we find this throughout the scriptures. Uh, in Ecclesiastes 7, it says, There's not a just man on earth uh, who does good and does not sin. And this is not a coincidence. Uh, this is who we are uh, in Adam. And we... Uh, at some point, at some points, uh, we have to face this, uh, struggle with this, and look uh, to the right places. Uh, and that is, and that's kind of where we are here today. Look to the right places for help and relief. Uh, it's it's not just particular things that alienate. It's a, uh, it's a lifelong problem here. Uh, Paul says in Galatians 5, he says, uh, the, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So He says, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Uh, there is this uh, inability at certain points. Uh, was, was Peter... Uh, as he walked into that that praetorium or that open area uh, to keep himself warm and to uh, wait uh, on the result of the first phase of that trial? Was he anticipating uh, that he was going to betray his Lord? No, certainly not. Uh, but he fell into a trap, even the trap that the Lord that his Lord uh, had uh, told him. Um, and James says in James 3, he says, we all stumble in many things. It's not many of us stumble, it's we all stumble in many things. And it's a, uh, it, it's a difficult uh, facing, so to speak, uh, that we have. Because if, if, if there is a, a, an inability uh, to to not do that, and I have to face you know that which revolts me at most times, and then at times here I am uh, on the other side of that, and I'm I am doing that which, as Paul says, I'm doing that which I hate. Uh, what what is the what is the facing up to that? And and here we have uh, in this psalm. Uh, the psalmist saying, If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who should stand? It's not just the revulsion or the reality. It's the, the holiness of God and His justice against sin. If you should mark iniquity, I'm done for. I'm done for. So the, the believer then 
uh, has a uh, facing up to uh, issue, so to speak. Uh, and it's not just enough to know that that he forgives sins in some generic sense. You know, it's not, especially when we are, are pricked uh, by sin. There is a, uh, a knowledge of, of real weakness. Uh, in Psalm 65, uh, I'll make sure that it's David, I think it is. Um, David says, Iniquities prevail against me. Whoa. Iniquities prevail against me. He's not meaning that he is a slave to sin at every point. He's just saying that, that at times I'm, I'm gripped. I'm, 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 I find that I'm incapable. I mean, if Peter was capable, he would have just said to the, to the girl, yeah, I'm, I was with him. But fear gripped him. What are they going to do if I if I acknowledge this? I, I might go wherever it is that he goes, and it just momentary uh, weakness and fear gripped him. The one who was first among anyone in the entire human race to confess him as the Messiah, the very first. Betrayed his Lord. And there's real, uh, and, and it's a it's a reality. It wasn't just a, oh just a thing. And because there's a reality to our sin, the fact that God forgives sins is not generic. It it's real and needs to be real uh, for me. And so David says, iniquities prevail against me. You provide atonement for our sin. So it's not enough that we have generic forgiveness. I need forgiveness for my sin. I need the knowledge of real forgiveness. I need a touch point with God. Secondly, the source of real forgiveness. The source of real forgiveness. Now, certainly in the Old Covenant, they had a prescription, a command, if you will, for uh, if this, then this. Uh, if you sin in this way, you do this uh, ritual uh, sacrifice. But we see that uh, Old Testament believers were able to see beyond that sacrifice over and over and over because they began to see that that, that sacrifice was not actually cleansing for sin. 
and, and so I wanted to spend a little bit of time this morning looking at that. Uh, we, see, we see in Psalm 40, which is quoted uh, in Hebrews 10, uh, that specific situation. Uh, so we, we could go either place. Uh, I think that we're, I'm going to look at it from Hebrews chapter 10. So if you don't mind, look, turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 10, starting with verse 5. And look at that for a little bit here. Uh, the, the nature of this uh, sacrifice. Hebrews 10, uh, starting with verse 5. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Now remember, he's quoting word for word from Psalm 40. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. This is, first of all, in uh, the Old Covenant. You didn't desire uh, sacrifice, but a body you have prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I come. This is now, uh, this is now uh, our, uh, a pointer from the Old Covenant uh, into the New. This is first person Messiah speaking uh, from the experience uh, of the Old Testament, uh, the experience of David, uh, into, uh, as, as a prophet, we see this in Psalm 16, uh, where David is speaking of his own experience and pointing to the resurrection of Christ. Uh, here, uh, David is speaking of his own experience, and he is speaking now of the sacrifice of Christ sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. Now this is, this is the apostle commenting on that. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now, if you were to look at that in, in Psalm 40, and I just wanted to have a short digression there. Every, every translation, uh, instead of saying, a body you have prepared, uh, says, my ear you have pierced. And that's because that's, that's how the, uh, uh, the Hebrew reads. But the, the, the Greek translation doesn't. It says a body prepared. Uh, and in Hebrews, the, the, the Greek translation is used everywhere. But you can say that, that if, you, if you have uh, an ear to be pierced, you, you have a body. Uh, and so you can see where that comes from. So the Messiah not only had an ear to be pierced, he had a whole body to go with it. So the whole is being... Uh, given for the part there, and certainly it works. Uh, the the thrust, uh, no pun intended, of the uh, of that verse, however, is obedience. Uh, 
is obedience. A, a body you have prepared for me. And he goes on and saying that I have come to do your will, O God. I have come uh, to, uh, to, be, to perform that which you have called me to do. And that is the, the, the blessing of the coming of the Lord Jesus as a man. That he could now obey and be the true sacrifice for uh, sinners and for sin. We have the two things that we have great need of. Obedience in our place and sacrifice for sin we find that our obedience is lacking, as we were describing. And what would Peter be saying immediately following uh, his betrayal of the Lord? My obedience uh, is, uh, is severely lacking. We find David saying, uh, iniquities prevail against me. It's not, you know, it's not like these riots out here and, and so many are saying, well, they are mostly peaceful. You know, in the backdrop is these burning buildings. You know, I don't think the believer says, well, I'm mostly obedient. And, you know, I just have these little slip up every once in a while. At some point, we have to go where the Apostle Paul goes and says, oh, wretched man that I am. There's something that causes... You know, there's conflagration, and you can't say, well, it's mostly peaceful, I'm mostly obedient. No, there is, a, there, there is uh, this, this heart, that, uh, the, the flesh and the, and the spirit here, there is this flesh, right? And the flesh includes the mind and, and all, all of us at points. And we look forward to the time when we will not have that. And it will be gone. And certainly the spirit uh, and the flesh uh, are in great uh, conflict at this point. And so for us to say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine. I just have a little problem here. It's not true. And the last point that we need to look at then is... The, the, the coming together of obedience and forgiveness. There is such a thing as real obedience, real forgiveness, and it comes to us from the Lord Jesus. As we just saw in Hebrews chapter 10, the Lord Jesus obeyed. He came willingly. He came submissively to the Father's will. And He, uh, unlike us, which our obedience seems to be episodic, His was not. I come to do Your will. And that was a complete and thoroughgoing and continuous. Whereas ours is like Riding a bucking bronco, it seems like, so often.
the believer yeah. is given the results of both the Lord Jesus' obedience and by his physicalness, his substitutionary death. That that sacrifice of a, of a calf or a lamb or a turtle dove did not in and of itself uh, do something. But the blood of Christ, on the other hand, does. He offered himself up to the Father. And that's what Paul is speaking of. Through the offering of the body of Jesus, we have been set apart. We have been uh, made holy. And we say, who, me? So we are, in fact, forgiven through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that fact, not only the fact that the blood of bulls and goats didn't actually do something, all the Old Testament believers had a grasp on real forgiveness. And that's what uh, is here in, in this Psalm 130. There is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. There is forgiveness. I don't forgive myself. I don't, you know, come and kind of say, oh, oh well, I, uh, I, I have the right theological uh, orientation and truth and I can therefore forgive myself. You forgive. You grant real repentance for specific sins that, for which you smite my conscience. You, you give a, a, a real a setting apart in a, in a real way uh, And following the Lord Jesus, who had real continuous obedience, we have real, though imperfect, obedience. Real. A real following of the Lord Jesus. So forgiveness and obedience are real for the believer. And it's wrong for us to say, well, you know, my, my forgiveness must, be, uh, must not really be there because I, I keep sinning. Well, that's true for every believer. That sin is a reality. It's a, it's a present reality. And that's true for our obedience as well. There's never a perfect obedience, but it's a real obedience. Just as there's never a perfect faith, but it can be a real faith and it touches.
So what is the the substitute, the New Testament substitute for Old Testament sacrifice? Well, basically it's twofold. First of all, of course, it is the sacrifice of Christ. And secondly, but and you see this Old Testament and New, the, the replacement, if you will, for a, uh, a physical sacrifice is a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise. That's, that's consistent in the Old Testament and the New. Psalm 50. You know, I said, I, God says, I have the cattle on a thousand hills. I don't need your sacrifice. The sacrifice that I desire is the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And that you call on me in the day of trouble. That's consistent. Psalm 51 is the same way. I don't desire sacrifice. The sacrifices of God are a broken heart. We see the same thing in Hebrews 13. It says, you know, the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. So the believer, you know, maybe through misty eyes, uh, says, this is the gift of God to me. I don't deserve it because I cannot uh, attain it. But God gives it. I, I, will, I will accept it as a tremendous gift of God to me. 